week of May 1st, 2017, welcome to episode 5 of the Fantasy Front Office Podcast. Joining me in the front office this week is Keith, Todd, and Phil. Leading off, we've got some breaking fantasy news. Noah Syndergaard declined getting an MRI last week when the Mets petitioned, and two days later, he left after 38 pitches with a torn lat. Guys, who do we have on the waiver wire to pick up in the interim? Got one of these questions on Twitter earlier today on our, our group page from Dennis in, I think, probably Pittsburgh. And he was asking the same thing. He said, hey, I lost Thor. Who should my waiver wire replacement be? And this guy was in a head-to-head points league. The guy that I think I'm most interested in this week is probably Kendall Graveman. Coming off an injury, he's got a two-start week this week at Minnesota and then home against the Angels. Um, he's the guy that I'm definitely interested in those two matchups. If I'm looking a little bit more long-term, the guy that I'm looking at is probably Taiwan Walker. He's a guy that I've been talking about quite a bit coming into the season, and he's coming off his best start uh, this past week where I think he had 11 strikeouts in that uh, that one game. So he's got a tough week coming up. He's facing the uh, the Nats and then at Colorado. So I would avo- avoid Walker this week, but uh, long-term, I like his output. For me, I have a duo of lefties. Starting with Wade Miley, 38 strikeouts through 31 innings this season. Has a cool 2-3-2 ERA, and this Friday he'll be facing the Chicago White Sox. Speaking of the Chicago White Sox, I also have Derek Holland, who he currently has a 2-1-7 ERA, and the main thing with him is he's finally healthy, he's throwing the ball great, and those are two guys that I would like to add this week. The first thing that I do whenever a pitcher gets injured, something like that, I want to go check and see who's available. In this case, we're going to try to see who's available in most leagues. So I'm going to tell you roughly guys that are available in 50% of leagues that are on the most added and drop list. Jesse Hahn is the guy that has been pitching the ball very well. Lance Lynn, again, pretty high floor. Patrick Corbin, pretty high upside. And then you were just talking about Derek Holland. Yeah, he's been doing very well also. Yeah. Excellent picks here, guys. Make sure to send in your questions to at FanFront office on Twitter. We'll hopefully answer them relatively quickly and maybe make you podcast famous by answering your question here on the show later in our mailbag segment. Anyway, on to our first topic. Phil, you've got some bullpen breakdowns. It's something I wanted to do this week was kind of go over the different bullpen breakdown uh, landscape that's across Major League Baseball at this time. There's a couple of different things going on, whether pitchers got injured or whether they're just not performing well. I just wanted to kind of take a deep look in to see what to stay away from, what to keep an eye on, what to act now. So I have several bullpens. I'm going to ask each one of you which one you're going to stay away from, which one you're going to keep an eye on, and which one you're going to act now, which we'll talk drop the guy that is currently closing, pick up the guy that you think is going to close next. So the first one, you guys are Diamondbacks fans. What do you think about that bullpen right now are you staying with it uh you're gonna keep an eye on it or you're gonna act now act 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 (laughs) quickly what about you keith i don't think that rodney is more than the closer for like the next outing (laughs) i think he's probably gonna get the next save opportunity he's gonna blow it i guess i'm just not really excited about who's actually next up in line i don't believe in really anybody in that bullpen i guess hoover is a name that i've heard kind of tossed around I don't think that's who it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be Archie Bradley at this point. So I'm just not really sure who to pick up. In fact, I think the two best guys to pick up aren't even available on the team right now. It's probably Ruby De La Rosa. If he uh, gets healthy and back up, you could see him work his way into that closer role. Not right away. It would take probably, honestly, a month or six weeks, maybe even longer. But the other guy closed for ASU is is currently coming back from an injury. can't remember his name. Jake Barrett. Jake Barrett. That's right. So Barrett's coming back from an injury. 
he's probably the one that slots in once he's yeah. back and healthy. Rodney will probably move into the eighth inning role, and, and who knows what happens there. But it's a mess. I, I'm staying away. Even if Rodney remains the closer, I don't want anything to do with him. Oh, hold on, hold on. I completely misunderstood that question. <laughs> I would stay well, away from the Diamondbacks bullpen. I was saying act now as in make a change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with I'm with you on that 100%. No, this is for your fantasy team at this point is the avenue that we're going. So let's say you need a closer. Are you going to stay away from their bullpen completely? Are you going to try to pick up the next guy in line, J.J. Hoover? Or are you just going to keep an eye on it and kind of watch the situation go? Yeah, I definitely stay away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my opinion, I think Rodney loses the job pretty quickly. And I think the next guy, I think they'll turn to J.J. Hoover first over Archie Bradley because they like him in the seventh, eighth inning role. But the terrifying stat with J.J. Hoover via baseball reference, he's six for 20 in his career in save opportunities. Yikes. So I'm the only thing, the only thing about that is, is that you can you can have a blown save in the eighth inning when you don't know that it's a save opportunity yeah. kind of thing. As a setup guy, if you lose the lead, you get a blown save as well. Right. I mean, he was working in. I think most of those were in Cincinnati. Yeah. And he was kind of pressed into being the closer after they traded Araldis. So yeah, maybe he wasn't ready at the time. And much like Phil was saying, it could have been he was in for a hold situation and blew it stuff like that happens you know just looking kind of at his game log real quick he's got a little bit of a walk issue it looks like uh, his last uh, inning in two-thirds he's walked two batters and outing before that he had two two-thirds of an inning and walked two guys yeah i'm not really interested in anybody in that bullpen all right pretty much consensus i am staying as far away from that bullpen as well uh, another bullpen very similar situation everyone knows the detroit tigers closer francisco rodriguez he has uh five five nine era for the season and 1.66 whip are you guys staying away keeping an eye on it or acting now i'm actually somewhat intrigued by justin wilson i i don't think that k-rod's on the out necessarily yet. I mean, if he has a bad outing again, they're probably going to, you know, go to somebody else. Uh, Wilson seems to be the next guy in line. He's got a .56 whip this year. I mean, he had given up his two earned runs in his last outing, but before that he had had one, two, like 10 or 12 scoreless outings. I'm pretty interested in what uh, Wilson can do. 17 strikeouts already on the year. A few of those are two plus three strikeout outings. So I'm pretty intrigued by what uh, Wilson is. So I'm, I'm probably going to uh, watch that one. Yeah. Uh, as a proud owner of Justin Wilson in multiple leagues, if he can get the job away from K-Rod, I think he'll hold in. I think he'll excel in that role. Only problem is I brought this up several times in the past on the pod is that the guys that aren't making money, they don't want them closing because that makes them make money the next year uh, or when they become arbitrary free agent eligible. I honestly think for whatever reason that teams enjoy uh, torturing fans with guys <laughs> like K-Rod and, you know, Fernando Rodney. What else is the point of putting guys like that? Another one, AJ Ramos, um, Neftali Feliz. These guys just walk way too many guys for me, especially in pressure situations. It seems like every time that, you know, there's a safe situation, they got two guys on base and one out. So I, I, I'm going to stay away from uh, the Tigers bullpen as well completely. I don't see any anybody that is going to either take the role at this point or somebody that is going to take it and run with it and keep it because like I said they just don't like paying people where are you at with that one Jeremy I'd watch it I don't have any real preference on any reliever in that bullpen right now see that that's kind of why I would just stay away completely even though Justin Wilson's been doing very well I just 
I don't know. I'm not really a believer of him. Now, see, with them, it's kind of like the Angels. Are we going to talk the Angels bullpen right now? Yeah, yeah. So we can talk about the Angels right now. What do you think about them? I really wanted to buy in on Bud Norris and got out uh, outbid this weekend. He's, what, five for five now on saves? And just out of nowhere, he's he's the man to own there in Anaheim. The one thing about him is, is he's never had closing experience, but he's also been around for a while, so they're actually probably paying him something decent at this point. So it's not something where they're probably going to want to try to be cheap. Well, it is something where they're going to be cheap and keep Cam Bedrosian out of that spot, even though he's probably the best pitcher in that bullpen. So at this point, yeah, I would act now and, and definitely try to pick him up off the waiver wires if he's still available, which I know he is in some leagues. Hey, he's pretty much, I mean, I guess he's owned in about 20 to 30% of leagues. He struck out four batters in one and one third inning yesterday against Texas. He's had a strikeout in each one of his last five outings. Like Jeremy's saying, he's got five straight saves. Before that, he had a hold. It's been a while since he gave up an earned run. I think he's kind of hit his stride in this role. I don't think we were really excited about Houston Street. There was a little bit of excitement around Cam Bedrosian, but uh, I think Socha actually wants to use him in different opportunities, like the seventh or eighth, whenever that, you know, maybe even the sixth when tough spot in the lineup comes up so uh, i think norris could hold down the job all year so he's a he's a guy i'm excited about getting if i can well and even if they do shuffle that bullpen he's still going to be valuable in saves plus hold leagues so definitely if you can get in on him get in on him yeah i was going with the traditional saves aspect of this this topic just because most people are in just save leagues the save plus hold leagues are awesome by the way but i was just kind of keeping it towards that we didn't get todd's thoughts on that one though what do you think, Todd? Oh, yeah. Right now, I just think that they'll stick with Bud Norris, keep the hot hand going. I love the point you keep bringing up, Phil, about the arbitration uh, factor of all this. That does play a major role, I think. And that's why Bud Norris would be the smart guy. Just keep rolling him out there in the ninth. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Another team that it's going to kind of seem predictable at this point, because I talked about them just a second ago, is the Brewers. Neftali Feliz has another over five, close to six ERA. His problem seems to be home runs, because he has a 1.03 whip at this point, and has also been striking out over a batter per inning. So uh, what are you guys thinking about that bullpen for right now? Are we staying away? Are we keeping an eye on it? Are we acting now and trying to get the next guy in line, which would be either Corey Kniebel or uh, Jacob Barnes. I'm, I'm probably staying away, I guess. I own Fleas in, in a league or two. He's been disappointing, but but not terrible. He had a really bad outing against Chicago, which is expected, on the 19th of last month. Gave up four earned runs. Blew the save there. He hasn't had a lot of save opportunities. I mean, it's it's the Brewers. But uh, no, I'm, I'm kind of staying away, I guess, for right now. I, I don't see them making a change right away. If they did, I'd probably say Corey Knable is the, the next guy in line, but uh, I don't think it's going to be right away. I mean, I think Feliz's job's pretty safe. He's the kind of guy, if he's your second closer, if you waited and uh, bought saves cheaply at the drafts i think he, he'll do a fine job for you just the home runs are scary he's gonna have some really bad outings i mean he's a cheap source of saves for sure and it's a very stable job i'd actually stay away i don't like anyone in that bullpen right now so the home runs scare you away and that has an impact on your era and whip so i wouldn't go after anyone right now i'm staying away but not because it's naftali Feliz. i'm staying away just because of that ballpark more or less uh yeah. that's something where he's got a home run problem for a reason and it's not because he's not throwing good pitches it's because balls go to fly there i i would definitely stay away from naftali Feliz and anyone that comes out of that bullpen because i think he's probably one of the better pitchers 
pitchers in that bullpen at this point. The next team we're going to talk about, the White Sox, which will kind of transition us into the next team potentially. What are you guys thinking about David Robertson, that situation that's going on over there? I don't know that Robertson's really at jeopardy of losing his job at this point unless, I mean, he's he's got decent numbers on the year. I guess he gave up two earned runs his last time out and uh, blew the save there, but I don't see that he's blown a save other than that recently. He owns a 1.03 whip, a 2.79 ERA. He's got 15, 15 strikeouts on the year. I think his job's pretty secure, although I am pretty I was, interested. I was looking in a different direction, honestly, as thinking that that team is selling everything that's not bolted down, that I think he's gone at some point. You know, potentially the next guy in line is kind of who we're probably going to want to either add or kind of stay away from or keep an eye on is is almost my thought process of that specific bullpen. With that in mind, I'm pretty excited about Nate Jones. I think he's got the potential of being a top 15 closer if given the opportunity. And I agree with you. I think Robertson's probably on the move um, at some point this year. You know, truthfully, it could be Nate Jones and Robertson moved at some point this year. So uh, keep an eye out on. Tommy Kanan or K-A-H-N-L-E guy has been throwing strikes and getting strikeouts and so uh, I could easily see him kind of getting bumped up into that closer role what are you thinking about this bullpen Jeremy I would watch it nothing's jumping out at the time but they do have as has been stated potential trade candidates which would increase their value depending on the team they went to. So Or decrease their value if they go to, let's say, you know, right. let's say they trade Robertson to, uh, I don't know, the Orioles. I, I don't I don't see Zach Britton losing yeah. his job to David Robertson anytime soon, uh, especially when Brad Brock is just lights out. So if anyone's taking it, it's him. But anyways, moral of that story is, is that it's an uncertain landscape as far as keeping David Robertson right now. What are you thinking about him, Todd? Well, definitely, if Nate Jones can get a hold of that job, he's a guy who could honestly be in the elite closer you know the opportunities might be a little low being in chicago but i mean robertson he could be the top name on the trade market when july hits so if you have david robertson you're just praying that he gets traded to a contender that needs a closer and not an eighth inning guy right 100 yeah. percent agree with that as well so let's transition that over into the nationals who is a contender that does need a closer at this point because it seems like that they don't like any of the good pitchers that they have in the back end of their bullpen <laughs> especially sean kelly even though i for whatever reason he's done very well i'm gonna start off with keith on this one because i know how much he loves him some sean kelly (laughs) i'm just gonna continue you know supporting my man uh i think kelly does hold down that job i guess there's rumors you know the the royals potentially you know trading kelvin herrera and uh, and kane over there um they obviously need help with with adam eaton out I, i just think he's the best guy in the bullpen and you can't force a trade so um, I think Kelly is probably the, the most valuable guy in there. I do think he can hold down that job. I know he struggled a little bit of late. I still think he's the best guy in the, in the, in the pen for them. What are you thinking, Todd? I mean, the thing with Washington is that it's going to be Sean Kelly or an outside reliever. So I'm not really interested in their eighth, seventh inning guys. But, I mean, Kelly's great. You know, and that's it's just unfortunate how it just don't seem like they just want to give him the ninth inning, you know, and just solidify that for long term. I'm a big Sean Kelly fan, but the situation's a little scary because I think they would be the front runners for Herrera or uh, Robertson. I would be in 
act now mode. Get Kelly if he's available, but also be on the watch. You may look around at what, what the rumors are and see what kind of deals you can swing to get some of these guys. Yeah, I'm 100% on board with that as well. I would definitely want to get the shares of that bullpen, you know, Sean Kelly or whoever it becomes, mainly because that team is so damn good that they're going to have a lot of wins. They're going to rack these up. It looks like the best team in baseball. I know everyone was worried about the Cubs. I'm a Cardinals fan. Ha ha. At, <laughs> at, the, at this point, the Cubs just don't look like that team. Uh, their pitching staff is not you know, what it was last year. Kind of got on a little bit of a tangent here, but at this point, uh, the Nationals definitely look like the best team in the major leagues, and I think that they're going to get, you know, a lot of save opportunities. Well, not necessarily if they're putting up two touchdowns and three field goals on the Mets every so frequently. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, that's how it happens sometimes, but... For, for the most part, I think that they're going to be winning in, in a normal range. Exactly. Most of their uh, pitchers are that great uh, at this point. So it, they're they're going to give up some runs too. And then it's going to be kind of a, a save chance at the end of the game at some point. So the last team I wanted to talk about is the Marlins bullpen. The reason I wanted to talk about them is mainly because of the guy that's behind the closer. Uh, Kyle Barraclaw is a monster and there's also a couple ex-closers in that bullpen so um, what are you guys thinking about the Miami bullpen right now AJ Ramos I actually own Ramos and the issue there is he's not getting the opportunities yeah yeah that that is a major problem with that team they're just not winning and that's you know the kind of the opposite coin of what we were just talking about with the Nationals is that if, if you're not getting the wins and you're not getting the opportunities for the saves doesn't matter how good of a pitcher you are um, Um, Unless you're talking about, you know, not really worried about the saves at that point. You're just looking for ratios and strikeouts. Um, But if you're looking for that, you definitely don't need A.J. Ramos. You definitely need Kyle Barraclaw at that point. What are you thinking about this one, Todd? You know, Ramos is a guy I would maybe target in a trade just because there may be some frustrated owners because the save totals have been low. And I think the Marlins are going to start to play better baseball as we uh, move on. But Barraclaw is a strikeout machine. He's a guy who's worth owning even though he doesn't get saves. I mean, the strikeout and low whip could be very valuable to your roster. Am I the only one that wants to like somehow mutate Kyle Barraclaw and Brad <laughs> Ziegler into one person? Like Barraclaw's got such a great strikeout rate like you guys were saying and you combine that with brad ziggler's like elite elite ground ball rate the guy's a devil play machine both guys are pretty interesting if at some point they move on from from ramos and i think honestly ziggler right now could give you such a low whip in your league that he still may be able to help you a little bit in deep leagues and you know bear claw is just going to give you a ton of strikeouts like like todd was saying so both i'm pretty interested in but it kind of depends on the situation in the league so yeah that's one that i would definitely act now if there is kyle bear out there because aj ramos has not done that great this year so far and it's something where you know he, he does struggle with command at times I know Barraclaw does too but he gets out of his jams because he has an elite strikeout rate so if if you are going to walk you know let's say three four guys every nine innings uh, having a 13 percent or 13 K per nine is something that you're going to need to have with that and that was the bullpen breakdown that I had for you guys today on to our second topic Todd you've got our players of the month of April so let's hand out some awards guys what we'll be doing in this segment is i picked the mvp and a cy young for both the national league and the american league and then one total mlb rookie of the year so without further ado the national league mvp is ryan zimmerman he had a monster april hitting 420 with 11 homers and 29 rbis what do you guys think about zimmerman's april 
I think we talked about the fly ball revolution and how great he's been. The interesting thing would be if he can sustain this pace. Uh, I know that he's done very well in the past when he was healthy. I don't necessarily think this pace is realistic, but at this point, what pace is realistic for most players? I mean, there's regression either up or down. I would definitely hold on to him. I wouldn't be trying to trade him or anything like that at this point. Uh, I would ride the wave. Yeah, I, I actually was lucky enough to uh, draft Zimmerman in a couple spots. I'm pretty excited about his uh, his production so far. I've moved him up in my ranks quite a bit, even from where he was you know, at preseason. I'm, I'm trying to get him into the top 15 at first base, which may sound a little crazy, but first base is so thick. There's so many good players at first base. I think we've talked about it before, but it's so deep. I'm really excited about what he's doing. Obviously, he's not going to hit 45 home runs, but he's doing great. Yeah, it is crazy how deep the first base position is because when you say Ryan Zimmerman may not even be ranked top 15 at first, there's some shock value to that. But go make your own list and you'll see it's difficult. First base ranks. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting down literally last night to make my first base ranks. And, you know, the top 11 guys at just at first base are in the top 50 overall. So it's kind of hard to crack that at this point. All right. The American League MVP is Mike Trout for the month of April. Just all around great production for Mike Trout. 364 batting average, seven homers, 18 RBIs, and five stolen bases. What do you guys think? I, I totally <laughs> called it. To- totally. I totally <laughs> called it. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't see any articles. <laughs> yeah. Bold prediction. Mike um, Trout's good at baseball. You know what's really exciting? exciting about that is that he's he's stealing bases um yeah it just seems like some seasons he wants to do it some seasons he doesn't and may, or maybe he has a little injury here or there and he doesn't say anything so he doesn't steal bases to aggravate it i don't know but you know five stolen bases in april uh that's something that you know over the course of the season that's 30 stolen bases so that would be something interesting to see if he keeps that pace up now moving on to the cy young awards another big name who's been very worthy of a first round pick it took to get him clayton kershaw four wins 39 strikeouts and a 2-2-9 ERA. I mean, <laughs> let's be realistic. He's probably the best pitcher any of us have ever seen. Maybe. Fair, fair point. Maybe you could say Pedro, uh, but as far as lefties, he's for sure the best pitcher you've ever seen. Randy Johnson. How, 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 <laughs> Randy Johnson is a hell of a pitcher, but the guy didn't know where the hell the ball was going half the time, and and he had electric stuff. But that was there was a scare factor of that intimidation factor. But the guy walked a million. I'm exaggerating, but he walked a lot of guys. Kershaw is pinpoint accuracy and makes people look foolish on a day in day out basis. I don't think that there's anybody even close to him. Honestly, I would consider him, you know, maybe top five overall ever as far as starting pitchers is concerned. I think Keith may agree with me on this point, but I'm a diehard D-back fan and I'll sit down and watch Clayton Kershaw pitch any day. Of- I told my wife that Clayton <laughs> Kershaw is pitching tonight, so I'm going to not come to bed until late because I live in, <laughs> I live in Missouri. I bought MLB.tv oh, for things like that and I watch every Every Clayton Kershaw outing. I watch every single one of them just because he is special. It's not something that you're going to see. As bad as it sounds, he could have something where his lat tears tomorrow or his, his shoulder messes up and we can never see him pitch again. You don't want to be the person that didn't appreciate it while he was here. That's yeah. the way I'll look at it. I do agree, Todd. He, he is yeah. it's just filthy to watch. He's in full command all the time and he knows exactly what he wants to do to each hitter. He executes his plan. He's just he's dominant. He's the best pitcher in baseball. I, I do agree with what Phil's saying. He's he probably is up there, you know, top five all time. When he finishes his career, 
we'll be talking about, you know, whether or not he was maybe the best pitcher ever, um, at least the best pitcher in the last 40 years or so, because he's amazing. The only guy that I would say that rivals him would be our AL Cy Young. Yes, and that is Chris Sale. 52 strikeouts through 37 innings, and he has a .77 whip. Sadly, only has one win since Boston's struggling at the plate, but Chris Sale is my AL Cy Young Award winner for April. He's got a 1-1-9 ERA. I <laughs> thought he was supposed to have a, over 4 ERA because he went to Boston, and that's what David Price did. <laughs> Isn't that what everyone was saying at the beginning of the year? Of course he's going to have a 4 ERA because at this point, it's Boston, and everyone hits home runs there. But it's also Chris Sale, and he strikes everyone out. So I would definitely, if, if you can... Even even by high on Chris Sale at this point, I would definitely do that. He's got five straight double-digit strikeout outings this season. Doesn't matter, home or away. Didn't he have the longest streak um, in history a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago? Yeah. Wasn't it like 10 yeah. or 12 games in a row he had yeah. 10 strikeouts? Yeah, 2015 season. Yeah, that was unbelievable. I had him that year. It was it was, it was a good time. Real good time. What are you thinking about him, Keith? We've talked about it enough. His strikeouts are elite. There's only, you know, one guy that I can see at a quick glance that's got a higher K per nine this year than what uh, Sale does. It's Danny Salazar at uh, 13.03, and you got uh, Sale that's at 12.42. So he's literally striking everybody out. So it's it's hard to uh, argue with that pick. And finally, the rookie of the year for the MLB as a whole, one of our favorite guys to talk about. Oh, don't don't rub this in todd the man can i, can I rub it myth, in instead oh the legend no. the american hero yeah paul bunyan aaron judge 303 <laughs> bang average 10 homers 23 runs scored uh 20 rbis and a stolen base to boot as well you're, you're forgetting a couple of the numbers there but he's he's got a over 400 on base percentage at this point and over a 500 slugging i think his slugging's well over 500 i don't have the number in front of me but he is just killing the ball not striking out as much. Last year it was around 45%, I think. This year it's more like 25%. And then he's hitting line drives all over the field. I know we talked about that one home run being a massive fly ball. I mean, he has, I believe, one of the longest home run uh, averages in the major leagues. He's like 411 feet or something like that. Also, he now owns the record off-the-bat exit velocity on a home run. Murders balls. And that one was at 18-degree launch angle. So he's Giancarlo that we really want Giancarlo to be. <laughs> right, right. That's that's 100% version. true. Yeah, he actually at this point might be your fantasy MVP overall right now. I mean, talk about a guy that was, was drafted late and it's producing like a— I mean, I guess Zimmerman's in that same class too, but you know, both those guys are just really, really hitting the ball well. And, and like you said, uh, Phil, the strikeout rate is is way, way down. I think we expected it to be about double what it is. Um, he's walking. He's not striking out nearly at, at a high enough clip to, to really concern us. I, I guess I think for the industry, I think everybody was kind of down on him coming into the se- season. I know I was. I talked about it a bunch. I was worried about his swing and miss, and he's just proving everybody wrong at this point. So uh, it's kind of exciting to see from a young uh a young player like him. Real quick, I had a, a couple honorable mentions that I wrote down. Bryce Harper, obviously, guy's amazing. He's back to 2015 form. Miguel Sano, another guy that, I mean, if you were expecting, you know, progress from Miguel Sano, this is exactly what you wanted it to look like. Irvin Santana, James Paxton, who we talked about a lot on the show. Dallas Keuchel is a guy that has dominated so far this 
year and looks like, again, like the 2015 version that won the Cy Young. Actually, if you look at the numbers, they were talking about it on the CBS podcast today, actually, that his BABIP is actually higher this year than it was in 2015 after April. And his BABIP was like 188 right now. So, And then the last guy is Ivan Nova, who has more complete games than walks since he's been a pirate, which I, th- I think that's good. So Yeah, also, I believe he hasn't gone to a 3-0 count on any batter since he was traded to the Pirates. I got that one queued up. Ray, Ray Seerge is a beast. I don't know what Ray Seerge puts in the water over there, but wow. If, if I was John I mean, Lackey, I, w- I would be winking right now. I mean, the Pirates got Nova for essentially nothing, and then they signed him to a three-year, $26 million deal. So, wins then, all across the board. And then they'll trade him next year. Right. Anyways, <laughs> I, I, just, I just wanted to throw um, a couple of guys out there that were also, you know, on equal level or pretty close to equal level with the guys that you were talking about. I f- mm. feel like they at least deserved an honorable mention. All right, on to the mailbag. I'm going to reach on into all these questions, and here is our first. What are your Cueto expectations? Does his lower fastball velocity concern you? And what about what appears to be a tougher NL West division? I'll I'll jump on that one if you guys don't mind. Um, I pulled up kind of some of the information on his uh, velocity, and he does show a lower fastball velocity in his last two outings than he has in quite some time. Um, He's averaging, I think it's 90 to 91 miles an hour on his fastball, um, and he hasn't averaged that low since about 2015 in like one or two outings. Overall, he's already hit 93 miles an hour on average and a start earlier in the year against San Diego. His velocity seems to be going down and down and down just a little bit uh, every few months as he ages. He's nearing kind of that dangerous territory, that 90, 90 to 91 to 92 range. If you don't have a, a fastball over about 91 in, in baseball, that seems to be the, the hittable range right there where, where guys seem to struggle. So I guess I am a little bit worried about him. It doesn't look like his velocity down too much more than what the the average is i would keep an eye on it and if it continues to be in that 90 range i definitely would be worried but as of two starts right now i'm probably not too concerned my expectations are pretty similar to what they were coming into the season only thing about cueto is is that i haven't really trusted him for several years for whatever reason mainly probably because I hate him because he kicked one of the Cardinals catchers in the face and gave him a concussion, and then he had to retire. Other than that, I just never have really liked Johnny Cueto. I've always tried to find reasons not to like him. The lower fastball velocity does concern me at this point of his career. I think he cashed in on a big paycheck, and I don't think you know I don't think he's the type of guy that actually cares as much um, as some ple- some people could. So I would probably try to stay away from him if I could. Uh, get, it, get rid of him if, if you have him. Yeah, I think I own Cueto in a couple leagues right now and i think now is the time to trade him before it gets not worse but this stays the same um actually pitch watching a pitch right now he's given up two runs to two innings already and yeah, Clay- uh, he's- clayton kershaw just gave up a, or just had a base hit <laughs> yeah <laughs> against him so i mean this he just doesn't look the same as last year. And as Keith said, the velocity is starting to dip down into the 91, 92 uh, Zach Granke range. I want to pop in here real quick. I'm, I'm digging yeah. deeper on Brooks baseball. So the two outings that he had the velocity in the, in the 90s on average, which was, the, like I said, the first time since 2015, he only got one whiff and two whiffs on his fastball as compared to like nine, seven, six, five. He's used to getting more swing and miss on that fastball, but you could tell these two outings where his velocity was down. He, uh, he struggled. They, he wasn't fooling anybody. So 
if it remains to be in the in the 90s or below on average, I'd be pretty concerned. Because his stats are starting to kind of uh, be very similar to 2015 run of the Royals, where the velocity was down, and you can see the opponent's batting average is around the same, and that's kind of alarming. All right, on to our second question. Let's dig into the bag. All right, Michael Waka or Eduardo Rodriguez for the rest of the year. I'm going to take this one first. I am a diehard Cardinals fan, and I've watched Michael Waka for years. If Michael Waka is healthy, Michael Waka is a beast. However, Eduardo Rodriguez kind of has the same skill set as far as being a beast as long as he's healthy. The swinging strike rate for Eduardo Rodriguez is absolutely elite at this point. I think for upside, I would go Eduardo Rodriguez, but if you just want someone solid that's going to be there um, most likely for the rest of the season uh, in the rotation because his Waka spot is secure at this point, uh, I would go with Waka, but if you want upside, I would go with Rodriguez. So I'm kind of taking the fence, so sorry. I'm going to go Waka here. Uh, Again, kind of looking at my ranks, I have Waka. It's kind of a jumbled mess between 40 and 70 as far as starting pitching goes. But I have Waka probably 20 starting pitcher ranks ahead of what uh, Rodriguez is right now. That may change if he continues to pitch well. But as far as right now, I'm definitely taking Waka. Yeah, Rodriguez is throwing a little better right now. But for the rest of the season, I'm taking Waka. Like like we just said, I mean, his spot's secure in that rotation. I like Waka a lot. I'm kind of sitting the fence also on both of them. Waka's allowed more hits, but Eduardo has walked more batters. He's walked twice as many batters, but he's also got a much higher case per nine. So coin toss at this point, but yeah. pick your poison with if you're going for whip or wins or Ks. Really depends on the makeup of your team. To be 100% honest with you, I would look and see if I can have both of these guys for the rest of the year. I would see if there's someone else on your team that you can drop that, you know, maybe it's a bench hitter that you're not really using because bench stats don't matter you can sub pitchers in and out bench hitters they don't help you or hey try to trade Cueto for one of them (laughs) (laughs) well Waka's owning about at least on ESPN about 74% of leagues and Rodriguez is only coming in at about 32% so make your move quick all right do we have time for one more yes we do let's dig in most likely candidate to vulture some W's from the bullpen coming up this month I can't say this fast enough. Chris Davinsky, that guy is a beast. If you haven't been, you wouldn't be asking this question if you were listening to the podcast is all I can say. I can't talk about this guy enough. He just dominates games, and and he's in there in the tight situations where it's tied, maybe down one, maybe up one. Uh, maybe he gives up a run, and then they take the lead in the bottom of, or bottom of the inning. So I think Chris Davinsky is your guy, plus he's going to help you out with elite ratios. I just hope that he's still on the waivers for you for your sake. Um, it also looks like there's a guy the Mets have Hansel Robles. He's got four wins already, got a low whip, low ERA, high Ks in 14 innings. Uh, he might be somebody to pick up that he's only owned in 3% of leagues. So um, I, I got a couple guys that come off the top of my head. I guess Justin Wilson's one. Um, Adam Onovino is another guy. Uh, Wilson, I choose because K-Rod's probably, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what he does. But I guess vulturing wins... Adam Onovino maybe because uh, you know playing in in Colorado it's gonna they're gonna score every half inning it gives him a chance to come in with a tie ball game and he's been pitching really really well um, he's got a K per nine of of over ten uh, a WHIP just about at one I watched him this past week against the Diamondbacks man that curveball is nasty 
Yeah. So he is, uh, he's a guy that could help you uh, along the way as well. Yeah, my pick would be Michael Givens for the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, five holds right now and three wins. Strikes out about a guy per inning. Throws usually around the seventh inning for the Orioles. Seventh, eighth inning. So that would be my pick. One last guy that I can't believe there, none of you guys said it yet. Archie Bradley. <laughs> well, I think the reason I'm, why I'm I didn't serious. say that is. I mean, but he isn't he the, the mid-reliever, long-reliever yeah. guy that, you yeah, know, if it's extra innings yeah. or whatever, they'll, they'll toss him in that or tie ball game later in the game. I feel like he has a better shot than most of these guys to get get a couple vulture wins. He's, he's going to get regular wins here in about seven days, not vulture wins. <laughs> uh, I, I know everybody's still saying he's he's staying in the bullpen. He's staying in the bullpen. Listen close. He's not staying in the bullpen. He will be starting within like seven days. He, he will be there. Watch and see. Are we doing a board bet on this? I think I, we are. Get, give me something to bet on. You got, you got to give me more than seven days. But what's your what's your over <laughs> under? Give me seven days. Oh, uh, if you're gonna pick the over under. You, ask, you asked for seven days. I give you seven days, and now you want more than. Seven <laughs> I just want I just want to clarify that that's how it happened. I don't know. Let's say uh, three weeks. Oh, I'll take the under for sure. You want you want to actually go a bet on under three weeks? I would. I was, I was going to give you like. I feel like we could, I feel like we could do that. Yeah. I was going to give you like. 12 days. Well, I mean, we can do that too, but three weeks. Let's let's do three weeks because I feel like they got to stretch him out to, to be a starter anyways, and that's going to take at least two weeks. I'm taking over on that. I think they leave him in the bullpen. I mean, that's not a very strong bullpen. He's their best piece right now. I would leave him in there. That's, you be the, that's, what they, that's exactly yeah. what they keep saying too. I, I honestly yeah. think that's the truth. I think they want him yeah. to be the closer. I think they just want to groom him as, yeah. as a bullpen piece for a while before they put him into the closer role. That's the honest truth. Yeah, I mean, the rotation's still pretty strong. I mean, the four guys in it right now have thrown well. So if, if Shipley or Godley or even Banda can come up and just be a solid fifth starter, I think I think it's going to be a while if, if Archie even gets this in rotation this year. All right. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with all of you. <laughs> and uh, I, will, I will gladly take the under on Phil's three weeks. Uh, we'll, we'll make that a uh, the first podcast uh, bet of the year. All right. I'm, I'm okay with that. All right. By May 21st. All right, write it down. All right, well, that transitions us into our third and final topic. Keith, you've got diamonds and do-overs. All right, so this is going to be a topic that's both fun to talk about and kind of painful. So what I want to do is I want to highlight some of the guys that we drafted or that we wrote about that are right now the, the shiny thing on our teams that we're most excited about, the diamonds that we drafted that are just completely outperforming what we thought they were going to be um, or what the rest of the the uh, industry thought they were going to be. And then I want to kind of transition and highlight one player that um, you drafted and talked about a bunch and are not really doing so well that you wish you had a do-over. I'll kind of kick it off and and do my two guys. The first one, the diamond on my team that I want to talk about today is probably Michael Brantley. So he's a guy that I think everybody was pretty hesitant about drafting. Um, Obviously, he had a long injury history. But if you don't look back too far, he was at the top of those Roto rankings with with Trout and Altuve and a couple other guys just as recently as like two years ago. He's got off to a really good strong start this season, um, and he looks like the Michael Brantley of old. Um, Any quick thoughts on Brantley? I would say almost the exact same thing you were saying. I was one of the guys that actually believed in Brantley back in 2003. 15 because of his half season at the end of 2014. I bought in, uh, got a few shares of him, and ended up having him as a keeper in a league where he only keeps six. I considered him uh, maybe a top five to ten guy in that league because it's uh, on base percentage and hits is a category as well. Plus, you know, he had really a lot of hits. 
so at that point he was just somebody that I was I was holding on to and I really 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 liked and then he got the shoulder injury and I had to get rid of him it was it was very sad times <laughs> the one thing that I'm curious to see and I think I tweeted this out and got some opinions from you guys earlier in the week is I'm curious to see if he gets the same home run boost that the rest of the baseball saw in 2016. So right now he's pacing a career high in home runs, but so is everybody else. So I'm just curious, does he hit 25 home runs this year? Cause that's, you know, he's pacing above that right now with five home runs on the year. So could he end the season at like a 25, 25 pace? I mean, that's a 25 home runs, 25 steals. I think we'd all be pretty excited about uh, about that. So he's a diamond guy for me. The do-over guy who uh, I'm reluctant to even bring up is uh, is Greg Bird. Um, <laughs> Greg so Bird he, and his eyebrows. You, you can't bring up Greg Bird without talking about the right. eyebrows. And you're saying this while wearing the T-shirt, right? No, the T-shirt is currently put away. It's been retired. It's in, been in temporary. The burn pile? No, it's not in the burn pile. <laughs> do, do you um, leave it in the bandwagon? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, again, talking about ranks, I tried to rank him higher than uh, than he is for me, but the first base is so so deep that it's just tough to put a guy that's struggling that much right now higher than he is. There's there's some things that I think honestly he can he's not going to be as bad as he is right now. Um his BABIP's pretty pretty low, so I think there's some opportunity for for improvement there. He's not going to be as bad as he is right now. But obviously, at this point in the season, he's kind of a do-over for me. Well, Girardi came out today, and somebody asked him if there was a potential of demoting him to AAA to get additional bats or to get his bat squared away. And Girardi said, no. Like, it's going to happen at the major league level, so. Well, and he's got a, he's got a BABIP right now of 147. Got to be one of the lowest in, in the league right now. So he's not going to continue with that, you know, at that pace. He's striking out about 30% of the time, which is too high but again he did that kind of in 2015 as well so you know who knows um, i think there's improvement but obviously at this point that's somebody that uh, i was pretty excited about and is kind of a, a dud on my team what about you guys todd let's go to you first what's uh who's the diamond on your team i'm in three snake draft leagues that redraft every season and mine is jake lamb i mean i have him in every league and i got him at 138 141 and 152 overall he wasn't ranked in the top 10, really, any ESPN or Yahoo. So he's the diamond for my drafts this season. Yeah, he's a guy that I was excited about last year. I mean, I think he was yeah. first or second in OPS almost all the way up until the All-Star break. So yeah. it was him him and yeah. David Ortiz that were up there as far as OPS in baseball. And I can't figure out why more people don't like Jake Lamb. If you, you know, you talk to other experts and and it just seems like, uh, I don't know if it's an, an Arizona thing or, or whatever it is, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, this guy can hit and he's playing against lefties. He's uh, he's continuing to do what he did in the first half of last year. I agree with you. I'd be pretty excited about uh, Jake Lamb. What about your uh, your do over? What's somebody on your team that you're uh, kind of bummed about? Now, my do-over, in most snake drafts, I waited on pitching. So he was usually slated as my number two or three starter is Kenta Maeda. I don't own him in any leagues anymore. I owned him in three on draft day. <laughs> um, I just threw him in the towel. I mean, he's just been terrible this year. He only goes four or five innings to start. Um, I could rant all day about how bad of a pick that was. I'll agree. That was a terrible pick. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, let's uh, let's kick it over to you, Phil. Who's your, uh, who's your diamond that you're most excited about? Eric Thames and a 17.5% walk rate. Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> he was a guy that I didn't really get in very many drafts, but when I got him, I am more than happy that I – 
words can't describe how happy I am with Eric Thames at this point. One of the leagues I was telling you guys before the show started that it's it's a deep dynasty league. We have 25 keepers. I got him in the third round after 25 keepers. That's how little people thought of Eric Thames before the season. And every single person in my league has asked me for him at some point at this year so far. And that was um, going to be my next question. Is there any consideration as a Thames owner? Are you even considering selling? Mean, you obviously can't sell him at this point, can you? I mean, you're not going to, you don't even know what to get for him, right? Truthfully, in that league, I make I make trades just to trade in that league. Um, I, it's It's been going on for roughly eight or nine years at this point, and I'm the commissioner. And... I don't know what, for whatever reason, I've always had just a really awesome team in that league. So basically I just, every, every year I trade away half my team for a different half upper elite level of players. So Thames will probably be gone at some point this year. If it was something where I had a price tag on him, like in a league that we're in, um, like the guy that has him right now for five bucks, it would be very difficult for me to be able to move him at that point. But just with the league that I'm in there, it's no penalties. So, you know, just your top 25 keepers and that's who you have. He's going to be part of anyone's top 25 at this point. I would trade him. Okay, what about uh, what about your do over? Who's somebody that you're uh, you're not too excited about that maybe you got wrong? I got snake bit by Desclafani one more time. Uh, I drafted him last year. I drafted him this year. Uh, he had you know pretty good numbers in the spring, and then got injured both years right before the season started. And last year I dropped him, and somebody picked him up right away because I had too many spots or too many DL guys. And then they ended up winning the championship with Dusclefini on their roster because he had an amazing season after he got healthy. I am struggling with the 10-day DL this year to keep hold of him, uh, but I really don't want to drop him again and watch him throw a low two ERA against me again. Uh, so he is the guy at this point. I wish I could get back uh, my pick because I drafted him really high. Ouch. Yeah. All right, Jeremy, you got uh, diamonds and do-overs for us? Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, my diamonds that I drafted are the Bash brothers there in Tampa Bay. Corey Dickerson and Steven Souza. I drafted oh, both wow. of them. Uh, they're sitting at 27 runs between the two of them, 10 home runs, and 27 RBI. They're both at 330 batting average and almost a 400 on-base percentage between the two of them. Wow. Dang. So, <laughs> surprised me. I thought they'd just be cheap. Yeah, they've they've turned out to be really well. Well, my diamond, I wish I would have drafted him, but I, I ran out of draft cash and ended up snaking him on the first waiver wire was Kendall Graveman, and okay. he's just been lights out. Hasn't allowed over two earned runs in an outing. He spent some time on the DL, but it was a kind of a fluke injury. So Now, as for my do-over, <laughs> uh, there is one guy that I drafted high, and... You don't have him anymore? No. I, I, <laughs> I, what I, happened? Uh, you know, I sold on him. I thought he was going to have a high strikeout rate. I mean, he alone is putting up the same stats as my Bash <laughs> Brothers for the same cost. And that's uh, that's Aaron Judge. Yeah, Ooh. I was going to say, who is it? Just for the record, who ended up receiving Aaron Judge? <laughs> yeah, I think his name was Philip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that one was much regrettable on your part. 
Uh, I can see, but I, I, I've told I've told the the podcast guys this off off the air. But the guy I really wanted in that trade was uh, Carlos Rodon, and at this point, it doesn't even look like I'm going to keep Carlos Rodon. So, yeah. um, I I kind of lucked into Aaron Judge at that point. I thought he was a little bit high priced for what he was, but I said, you know what, let's do it. You know, that was probably the you know what, let's do it best thing I've ever done this uh, this year so far. So, well, speaking of uh, of, of Aaron Judge, there, uh, Jeremy. I asked the same question to the guys on Twitter, um, and I got some some pretty good responses. So let me just give you my two favorites out of everybody that responded as far as you know what their diamonds and do-overs were. Um, I had uh, Isaac Hansen said his diamond was Aaron Judge, so there we go, and his do-over was Sam Dyson. Yeah. Yikes. And then See, the, only, uh, the only thing about Sam Dyson is, is he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's not getting, you know, he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of base hits. He's not a guy that's going to have a lot of batting average help. He's going to be a guy that's going to steal you 40 bases at the end of the year and he's already got what six or seven no not gerard dyson no sam dyson oh closer for the texas sam dyson yeah that guy's not good yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, guy, that guy is not good. Not going to be. I would, I would uh, definitely stay away from that dumpster fire. No. I would watch right. it, but I would stay away. The, the other one I got that I thought was pretty interesting was uh, Corey Ledford on Twitter said Thames was his diamond and Dansby Swanson was his do-over. Ooh, Swanson Ooh. burned me too, but I traded him at the beginning of the year uh, to well, those someone are, else uh, I believed. Those are, those are my favorites that I got off that, uh, off that mention there. Um, and I do want to say, hey, thanks for all the, you know, kind of the feedback and all the tweets you guys have been sending. We really do appreciate and, and love hearing from you guys. So kind of keep sending us, uh, you know, questions and, and comments and stuff like that. We'll uh, do our best to kind of mention them on air. Well, guys, what have you written recently that, that the people should find? Well, the thing that I'm kind of most excited about, I think uh, is, is going to be the same for, for me and for Phil. We're, we're doing a, a pretty big, uh, you know, revamp of the rankings. So my rankings will be finished tonight. Um, and hopefully you guys can check that out on uh, the linescore.com I think Phil's will be there as well and I'm, I'm interested to see the uh, kind of the differences between uh, both of our rankings so check those out here uh, hopefully in a couple of days yeah absolutely I am I think I'm probably gonna finish mine up tonight while I watch Kershaw um, continue to give up run after run apparently he's given up three runs and three and a third at this Ouch. point so Oof. yeah good thing I don't own him in the in the league or anything Wait, that's Keith, that's Keith that owns him in the league. That is me. That should be out. Probably get that over to Todd sometime this uh, tonight and maybe be up sometime tomorrow, hopefully. And remember, you can follow the line score at the line score on Twitter. Awesome. You can find me at Front Office Jer on Twitter. Make sure to tweet us at Fan Front Office with all of your league and fantasy baseball questions. Thank you for choosing to tune in to the Fantasy Front Office. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music Podcasts, and just about anywhere else that you find your podcasts. And until next week, we have been the Fantasy Front Office.